0: The Mariners returned home with a 2-4 and four road trip, but there were a lot of positive things to take away from it. The Mariners' offense looked a heck of a lot better at the end of this road trip than it did at the beginning. There's a lot to talk about on the newest episode of the Hit It Here podcast. And with me today is my co-host, Joe. Joe, how are
1: you today? I'm always here. I don't know why you feel like you need to introduce me. They know me by now. You know what I mean? That's not true. I, I hope. I would hope so. I would hope so. I'm good. Uh, I don't I don't like going two and four on a road trip, but it is what it is. We played the Yankees, judgeless Yankees, and we played the Orioles, who have Jesus himself, Anthony Santander. Hey, if you're listening right now, you've got to be a big Seattle sports fan. Want to prove it? Simply Seattle is hosting the biggest fan contest with some great prizes, the grand prize being winning two tickets to the MLB All-Star Game. All you got to do is tell them why you're the biggest Seattle sports fan for a chance to win. Some of the contest rules here. You gotta post your entry on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok before 11.59 on July 6th. You gotta tag Simply Seattle at Simply Seattle in the post. And the entries will be judged by a panel based on creativity, true fandom, and dedication to Seattle sports. Winners will be announced on Saturday, July 8th. If you do not win the grand prize, there is still a chance for you to win $150 gift certificate to Simply Seattle. Follow the link at the top of the description to learn more.
0: Yeah, and I agree with not liking going two and four on a road trip, but... I came away from this road trip with a lot of positive feelings about the team, which is chill bootlicker. Are you kidding me? No. Go ahead. Anyways, tell tell me your
1: positives, buddy.
0: I came away with a lot of positive feelings for this team. The pitching staff looked like it was kind of back on track for the most part in this series against the Orioles and even in the Yankees series and the offense after the first two games in New York looked really really good the first two games in new york were ugly yeah but it seems like the offense kind of flipped a switch in that third game against new york and they still looked good and held their own against a very good orioles team what did you see out of the mariner's offense during this road trip and what do you think changed
1: i don't know if they had a closed door meeting maybe after that second game in new york that's what spawned the back-to-back double-digit scoring from the offense there things that i saw that were different the approach from game two to game three against new york was night and day you know just the approach to the plate they're seeing better pitches they're actually also swinging at pitches that they should right they they're they're not in that take moment but i don't know they just felt like they're seeing the ball better and i don't know if there's any other way to put it they're putting barrel to ball and that just you know it was finding the field and it was really great to see. He's kind of rejuvenating and then you carry that over to the next game and you drop 13 on, a like you said, a really good Baltimore team and you hold down that lineup, albeit it is without Ryan Mountcastle and who else is out for them. It was out, Cedric Mullins was out of the first game as well. But still, there's a lot to like. You know, Teo had a great back-to-back games there. Ty was doing really well. People filling in here and there, but those are the two that kind of stood out to me in those two games.
0: Yeah, and I think that their approach specifically was what was so impressive to me, because what we saw towards the, I guess, beginning of June, we saw the Mariners getting into the team's bullpens really early, mm-hmm. and they were getting to that starting pitcher. And then for a week or so there, it kind of seemed like they had fallen back into old ruts. They were letting starting pitchers get deep on them. And yeah. it just, especially the first few games against the Yankees, did not look good. But then they got rid of Domingo Herman early on in that game. I think it was, was it? Three and a did third. Did he only go three? And, was it three and a third? Okay, Pretty sure three and a third innings, they got into that Yankee bullpen and then they did the same thing against the Orioles in the very next game. They're coming out and attacking, but also getting deep into counts, working the pitchers pitch count. And I think that for this Mariners team, that maybe isn't what we all thought it was going to be in terms of offense, you know, big bashers hitting 30, 40 home runs a year. It's the chaos ball that we've known to, that we've come to know and love over the past few years where, the Mariners all of a sudden randomly string six straight two out singles.
1: Yeah, and dude, two together, out hitting has been really, really great this year. Oh,
0: I think they're. I think it's like forty or thirty five percent of their runs have been with two outs this year, which is easily the highest in MLB. Yeah. And even though they lost the last two to the Orioles, they were both really close games, and they were just a few things going their way from that not happening. Like for yeah. example, in game three, if Julio's home run didn't get robbed and Jose Caballero didn't misplay a ball there's a really good chance the Mariners win that series versus the Orioles and if they could just figure out a way to get a runner in and even move him off of second base in the 10th inning in that second game they could have won that game too shoulda coulda woulda of course I'm not saying that you know the Mariners had a good road trip by any means but I saw a lot of positive signs out of it and they're going to be then facing the Washington Nationals which you guys are probably watching this on Wednesday we're recording this on Sunday night because I will be out of town I'll be in Atlanta so we actually don't know what has happened in the national series until up till when you're watching this. So there's already been two games in this national series. Third one today. I think that the Mariners should sweep the nationals. What do you think?
1: Nationals just did come off a series win against the San Diego Padres. Their first series win in June. They're probably feeling good rolling into Seattle. I'm not going to lie, but I agree. We should sweep the Washington nationals. No way, shape, form about it. Yeah, they've got Lane Thomas, future Mariner. Yeah, they've got Heimer Candelario, future Mariner. But in game one, you've got Castillo versus Trevor Williams. Easy pitching advantage there for us. Game two, Jake Irvin versus Brian Wu. Irvin's got a 471 ERA. Wu's got a 509. But if you eliminate that Ranger start for Wu, he's got like a 2 3 ERA on the year. And the Nationals lineup, I'd say, is probably the, going to be the easiest lineup they have been facing this year. And then game three, one today, Gilbert versus Patrick Corbin. Those are all three game advantage pitching for the Mariners. This should be a sweep. I 100% agree. Keep that momentum going for when Tampa Bay comes to town.
0: Yeah, and like you said, the pitching advantage is for the Mariners. And they've also been, as far as I know, relatively good at home. I feel like their best times have come in T-Mobile Park. And, I mean, hopefully they absolutely smash Trevor Williams. And Patrick Corbin is a shell of himself. I don't really know a whole lot about uh, Jake Irvin. But mm-hmm. those are at least – I mean, I think the Brian Wu-Jake Irvin matchup is probably the biggest toss-up, even though we think we think we know what we're going to get with Brian Wu. But still, he's so early on in his career. Yeah, There's a chance that he has a blow-up here or there. And, again, I don't know a whole lot about Jake Irvin. But Corbin and Williams are games that you should win easily, mm-hmm. like not, not even a contest, especially if your offense is getting deep like they have been in the past week or so. And, overall, the Mariners' offense, like you said – After that second game in New York has looked really, really good. Was there a closed door meeting? I mean, after the press conference that Scott Service did, I kind of think that there had been. Yeah. Because he was saying, We have to get better. That's it. Like he was flat flat out. He was you could tell he was pissed off. He was
1: very direct.
0: He was very direct. And Mm -hmm. then I mean Ty France had a black eye the next day. Thoughts? Can we stir the pot? Who punched Ty?
1: Maybe he punched punched maybe he punched himself as a Way of sacrificing, the, you know, no, that makes sense. He's not Ken Giles, yeah. I guess that's true. Just like, I'm like, yeah, let's feel the pain, boys, and then just like, you know, all right,
0: all right, maybe not. Maybe no, not. I mean, who punched Ty, Ty Fransgate? Leave your uh, leave your guesses in the comments down below. But yeah, I, uh,
1: if anyone punched Ty, like, automatically, Favorite Mariner, like, I feel like mm-hmm. Ty would be my boy, can't have that. That's fair, yeah, unless Ty said uh, like he... some dumb shit, but well
0: he he jokes around a lot, so I wouldn't be surprised if he got on someone's nerves especially yeah. after a game like that and anyway, it's getting kind of more into the Mariners offense with this national series. Are there certain guys that you saw over this last say six or so game stretch that looked like they may have at least turned a corner or really stepped up for this offense
1: Guys that I have liked more in the last week obviously Teo's an easy answer, so I'm not going to go there cal I'd say I'm very, very happy with. Is I think return to form, I guess, because he was having a up and down stretch. But I think that is the case with a lot of the Mariners hitters; is they're all very up and down, the roller coaster ride. Cal's been a very pleasant surprise coming back. Mike Ford obviously is another easy answer where he's just gonna he's gonna hit one eighty, but he's gonna hit twenty five bombs, and that's what we're Adam gonna get on. Yeah, that's that, uh, and you know what? I'll take that. I feel like that's what Carlos Santana did for us last year. He it probably around two hundred, if not below it. But he had very clutch home runs, so I'm fine with that. And then Tom Murphy, bless his soul, backup catcher. If Cal and Tom are clicking at the same time, that's the best catching tandem in all baseball. I'll take them over Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen any day of the week. Tom, I love it when he's in. I just feel like he provides a fire. He just putting good swings on the ball. He's stinging the ball. So if a guy's going to turn a corner and provide, you know, He's only going to play in, you know, two games a week, but if he's going to provide you offense in those two games, that's such a big asset to the Mariners, I feel like.
0: Yeah. And I agree wholeheartedly. I think between Tom and Cal, if you can get, honestly, sometimes even both of them starting in a lineup, because
1: I think that's, that's what happened I on the first game. The game that, in yeah. The game because we'll, Cal was we'll DHing. So yeah. you know, it's a good way to get Cal off his feet, but keep his bat in the lineup. So I a hundred percent agree. I I feel like we should see that more often because I know the big worry about Tom is that he struggles against righties, but he stung two balls against Kyle Gibson. So,
0: Yeah. And I I think that it was good to see JP get back out there. And he looked like he didn't miss a beat in terms of leading off for the Seattle Mariners, especially in that first game. Or no, he wasn't back for the first game. The The second second game, game, I think he went three for five. And I mean, he looked really good. I'm glad that his shoulder was feeling better. One guy who... Might be a little worrisome as Andres Munoz. Hopefully he was just dizzy, but what did you see, if anything, out of Andres Munoz?
1: I was just very confused, and I immediately started panicking, I think, like every other Mariners fan on the face of the planet, because... That's a guy that you can't lose. I feel like you have one leverage arm that you can trust right now in Paul Seawald, And I wouldn't call any other guy in that pen high leverage. And I might be jaded towards the bullpen. Because they've been really great. They have been very good. However, there's that certain level. There's that tier of reliever that you're looking for. And Andres Munoz is that guy that is that highest tier. Losing him would be so detrimental to this pen. So I hope, again, you're right. It's just dizziness. He was just feeling a little sicky wickies in the tummies or something. And he can return sooner rather than later. But if he's not able to, I think that increases the range in which a trade deadline, should we be buyers, I think that increases the reach on what we're looking for. Because if we don't have a high leverage arm like that, we're going to need to go out and get another one to pair with Paul Sewell at the back of that pen.
0: Yeah, and I know that Trevor Gott is working his way back right now, and I won't be shocked if by the time you guys are watching this, he might even be back in this bullpen. And Praylander Baroa has actually been relatively good as a reliever after a bumpy start. I think he's had a couple of innings now where he's not walking anybody, he's striking out the side. Yeah. So there's a chance that Praylander might be coming up soon. Obviously, the easy move there is Chris Flexen, but he seems to have nine lives, so I don't even know. There's of course always a chance that someone else gets hurt. So. The bullpen itself, I'm not too worried about it. And like you said, I mean, Seawald has been incredible. Brash has been so much better lately. Uh, Spire and Topa, you know, have been a little bit spottier lately, but still good. Yeah. And the the bullpen itself, I think, is fine. And the rotation is fine. And now with the offense starting to click again, it was a two and four road trip. And when you guys are watching this, the Mariners very well have have already taken two out of three from the Nationals. But a and two and crossed. four road trip, I think that they're. There's a lot more to look at than just the stat line from that, or just the record from that road trip. Yeah. So with that being said, obviously the MLB All-Star game is coming up. What Mariners do you think should be on that All-Star team roster?
1: As it stands right now, Luis Castillo and Paul Sewald. End the list. I, France, mm-hmm. could have an argument. Just the fan vote screws him because Canada exists, and Vladdy's going to get in there every single time. But those would be my three that I'd say have earned their spot right now. I'd say in order, Luis Castillo, then Paul Siebold, and then I France, because the talent at first base in the AL, it's it's good, but it's not as good. Like I think he's third in WRC plus. He's behind Ryan Nota. I think. So it's just like, you know. But if Ty continues, he's had a hot bat through I think you get on base today, 18 game on base streak, mm-hmm. Yeah, had a hot bat. So if that continues, I will surely, I think, be, an, you know, a representative again. But what about you? Do you have any different situation, you know, answers there?
0: I think that George Kirby has a case. I think that okay. Kirby could easily be on this all-star team as a replacement. I don't think that he would get, like, put on there yeah. unless they're kind of, you know, like, hey, it's at T-Mobile. Let's, you know, get a few extras on there other Pre- than
1: preferential treatment.
0: Well, I th- like, I think that Julio's going to be in there. I do. He has, has he played like an all-star? No, Absolutely not even not. close. Will I be shocked if he is on the roster as a replacement or something like that? No, I won't be shocked one bit because it's Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. He's going to be in the home run derby. It's his home ballpark. He has an entire section dedicated to him in T-Mobile park. It just makes so much sense to have him on this MLB roster for the all-star game. And with Aaron judge, missing the all-star game What all signs he probably will be missing out. as well or don will be out yeah so i mean that's a few outfield spots that very easily could open up for julio i mean kevin kiermeyer was voted in over julio again you know canada canada they have an entire country yeah to vote for their one team so i think that your list is spot on i think castillo and seawald should be locks in my opinion mm-hmm. um Ty, maybe. I mean, I think it's I just
1: think... he's just on a sexy pick, right? His stat line doesn't scream, I'm an all star. But like you look at it, he's been in that conversation as first baseman go. It's just first baseman is a power position. People want to, you know, fetishize home runs and I just I mean he's got seven, but he's hitting for good average. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And that that's why I think that Julio gets in over tie, yeah. especially with him already going into the home
1: run derby. It is a, like Rodriguez. super stardom. Do you okay. You brought up the J Rod squad. Are they doing that for the All Star game? Could you imagine how sick that would be? I doubt it. That would be I so doubt. sick if they did, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I miss doubt they're doing it
0: unless he's there. Right. True. And I think he would have to be a starter. Yeah. For them to actually do it. Which like would people be in that section though. get like a J-Rod squad shirt. Do you think that Teoscar and Edis has a shot?
1: Mans didn't watch my video on Monday. Of course I do. Of course I do. Free promo. Yeah, Ateo. The issue is, is the last two games against Baltimore, I recorded it after the first game, I had some stinkies <laughs> in games two and three. And I was like, dude, just hit the ball, bro. Yeah, I think Tao, I would say Tao has a shot as well. It's just he's got to hit five more home runs before the All-Star record. Like, he's got to just tee off, I think, to really seal the deal, put him at, I think, what, 19 that would be. Yeah, fit. yeah, put him at 19 home runs. Like I don't know. He just needs to continue to tear the cover off the ball. So,
0: if for example someone was to be giving away a Tioscar Hand signed baseball, how would our uh watchers and listeners get that?
1: Hmm. I I heard from a bird that the word (laughs) is that you could win this Teoscar Hernandez signed baseball becoming a member. Click join on your screen right now, get exclusive benefits to the Mariner Mojo channel, become a Majovian, get cool emotes, a badge, all this extra stuff. And you have a chance to win that Teoscar signed baseball. If you are a member on July 1st, do it.
0: So we talked a little bit about making a trade for the bullpen side of things with Andres Munoz possibly being out. And while, I don't necessarily love the idea. Is there anyone that really stands out to you that the Mariners could make a trade for?
1: Not someone that comes to mind immediately, right? But I think of teams that you've already kind of touched on, the Padres, you know, with Snell. If they're selling, they've got some arms in the pen that could be interesting, but I'm not really, like, fancy in that route. I'm looking, like, at the Cardinals trade that you brought up with Brendan Donovan and maybe sweetening that deal for us in some way and adding, I don't think Helsley's available but a guy like Jordan Hicks or Giovanni Gallegos I don't you know they're not sexy picks because they haven't been that great this year but regard none of the guys on the Cardinals have been that great this year but Hicks he throws Gaius Gallegos is a veteran right so those could be decent arms to add to your pen especially if you I mean it depends on also like what you're gonna give up right like if the Cardinals are asking for an arm and a leg just be like eh, how about just Donovan all right like well, you know is there, you said that you're not really privy to the idea of trading for a bullpen piece because you feel confident with where they're at, but opening up to other avenues of trades, what are the biggest needs for the Mariners, in your opinion, then?
0: Yeah, I think the most obvious is still second base. <gasps> and I will, you know, pound the table on second base for until the trade deadline because Jose Caballero has fallen off a cliff. He's been bad. He has not been the same player that he was for the last for the first like month or so of the season and I think they
1: figured out just throw the ball in the zone yeah that's
0: the thing is like it's pretty obvious what you gotta do to get Jose Caballero out
1: just like we predicted he's getting
0: the Sam Haggerty treatment he got over he's getting overexposed he's out there so much and don't get me wrong he's still getting on base and which is great
1: stealing a bag too I didn't I never thought he would be like he's fast fast as fuck boy he's stealing bags
0: and Colton Wong Although he did hit a home run in New York, we all know, and the Mariners fans that are listening know, that he's the bane of your guys' existence. I understand. It's okay, little guys. So, trading for a second baseman is still priority, numeral uno. And I think that, again, the Brendan Donovan trade makes a lot of sense. There's not a whole lot of guys, in my opinion, that make sense for the Mariners. Hassan Kim, but he's not going to get traded. He's been way too good this year to get yeah. traded to the Mariners at this point, even if the Padres do decide to sell. I don't know who else is available. And we probably won't know for a few more days or weeks, even because there are so many teams that still think that they're in it. And I think that in turn, there's going to be so many buyers at this deadline and not that many sellers. It's going to be tough for the Mariners to go out and acquire the pieces that they need. I think another bench guy would be good as well. We haven't seen a whole lot out of Dylan Moore. And of course, Colton Wong's also on the bench. You're kind of playing a man down there. So, and Mike Ford, hasn't i mean he's been fine like you said he's been Adam Dunn but like I he he might he shouldn't be he should not be the answer exactly as your everyday DH so there are there are places to fill and I think that bullpen can be one of them but I don't think it should be the number one priority for the mariners as for who those guys might be I mean you guys will have to watch our trade videos over the next you know month or so to figure that out yeah
1: I mean there are definitely teams that don't want to be selling but they might have to Looking at the card, I don't know if the Cardinals are that's the main team, right? But yeah, the Pirates, but there's not really a lot of enticing players on the Pirates unless you're the Carlos Santana guy, which a lot of people are, and I understand why. then you look around to like the AL Central, and that's just a mess. The Royals don't really have anybody that are is like you know an expendable piece for them. Then your one team there is the White Sox, and sure, you there's some decent I would say DH options. Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets, and you know either one of those guys, but who knows what they're going to be asking for? Do you think what what, what would you propose to the White Sox to try and coax them out of Jake Berger or Gavin Sheets? Who would, oh. who would you prefer in that situation, mm, lefty or righty? I feel like you got to go righty because you got Ford there.
0: Mm, I want Gavin Sheets. All right, reasonable. I think that. Again, I don't think Ford's the answer. And that's fine. He doesn't need to be the answer. He needs to be the guy right now. Yeah. But he's not. He doesn't need to be the long term answer for this team. I don't know. I think Berger has more defensive versatility than mm-hmm. Gavin Sheets does, in my opinion. But great Gavin mustache. Sheets oh, He does have a great mustache. You're right. Um he would fit right in with that mustache. And, you know, he's a he's a big man. Mm-hmm. And as a big man lover, you know, there I you I I enjoy my big my big my big beef boys on the Mariners so yeah I don't I think I would, you know I, I'll prefer Berger I think Berger has more upside yeah as for what I'd be giving up for Jake Berger it really depends on where the White Sox see themselves over the next couple of years yeah because if they see themselves as contenders which I mean god a Little League team can be a contender in the AL Central then they're gonna want major league adjacent pieces not maybe not like a Brian Wu and I would not obviously give up Brian Wu. But like, would they want Emerson Hancock? Maybe would they take Taylor Trammell off your hands and in yeah. a, in a trade for Jake Berger, Taylor Trammell, and like a I don't know, Cade Marlowe or something if they want to fill out some outfield space.
1: So mm-hmm. I think he, we take a look at te- like teams that have already made trades. The Angels, Eduardo Escobar, and Mike Mustakis have been acquired by them, and. Trades they look like just nothing guys going back. Like, I the guy that they traded for Mustakis, albeit Mustakis is nothing what he used to be, but I'd never heard of that reliever. I'm not super familiar with the Angels' farm system, but then also looking at Eduardo Escobar, it's like, there was nothing really standing out as far as, far as who was going back to those teams from the Angels. So, I think so. If it's just you know a light trade in that way. Looking at the White Sox farm system: Colson Montgomery, shortstop; Oscar Colas, outfield; Brian Ramos, or Ramos, third base; Noah Schultz, left-handed pitcher; Sean Burke, right-handed pitcher. They've kind of got some spots filled, and I, I agree with what you're saying. Major league adjacent peaches. A Taylor Trammell would work, and then I think I don't even I don't even think Emerson Hancock. I think you can go lower than that. Like yeah, you, you, like I don't think Dollard, but you know somewhere around there. You can even go further out and go Walter Ford if you're feeling like you want to give up, you know, the vanilla missile, but
0: yeah, and I mean in terms of the Angels trades, I mean they're just ideally replacements for them for Gio Urshela, right? Yeah, and, Ooh, I, and I, th- I think I think well. yeah. And so they'll be able to fill in in those spots, but they're not pieces that you look at and you're like, "Wow, what a great trade for sure. the Los Angeles Angels of Disneyland." So that could be something for the Mariners as well, making trades like that to fill in bench spots mm-hmm. for example because you see guys that are performing and you know it's not up again, not to apart Eduardo Escobar Mike Moustakis they used to be great baseball players they're not anymore it's just a fact of matter they're just fine and still if you're the Mariners you might need just fine because the bench right now is
1: kind of worthless in yeah, my it's opinion. not it's not just fine <laughs> yeah but I mean
0: AJ if you're Pollock's, getting
1: rid of a shell yeah it's just not great stuff.
0: Yeah, and I don't know what the answer is if it's getting A.J. Pollock more at-bats because, I mean, this is definitely the least amount of at-bats he's ever had in his career up to this point unless there was an injury. No doubt in yeah, my mind one hundred percent that he's getting used so much less than he normally would. And a, a part of that is attributed to, of course, Jared Kalanick doing well, Teoscar heating up, Julio, et cetera. But nonetheless, I think that getting a guy like the Eduardo Escobar's of the world would be a good addition for this Mariners team. And again, getting another veteran guy, the Mariners have some veteran presences. Of course, you know, Colton Wong can be a veteran presence. Teoscar can be a veteran presence, but Mm -hmm. more of a Carlos Santana esque player would be a good move for them. Someone who's been there, done that, whether or not they have the firepower to go out there and do that, or if they even feel like they're in the race to the point of doing that is yet to be seen. In my opinion, the Mariners should not be trading for rentals. The, that this trade deadline and that that could change in two weeks i could True. feel completely different yeah but the time of recording this i don't think they should be trading for rentals 100%. unless they're trading a rental for it unless you're trading colton wong for jordan montgomery i don't see the point
1: fair i would agree i have follow-up what if we're sellers by you know the trade deadline what are you looking at as far as a selling point or are we just kind of hold down the fort stay down pat and just all
0: the day if the Mariners are sellers in 2023, which is very, very possible, I personally don't know who they would sell off. I don't. Teo's the easy answer. He's the easy answer, but I think that that's a bad idea. I agree, 100%. <laughs> I, I I don't think that he should be traded. I don't, because he's been very good, and at the end of the year, when he becomes a free agent, you can slap a qualifying offer on him, and he either accepts that, and you have Teoscar Hernandez at $20 million, which is a lot less that he's going to make on the open market or he declines it, he becomes a free agent, signs somewhere else, so you get another draft pick. So I think he's
1: gonna make more than twenty dollars a year, annual average mm-hmm, next year.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you I ooh. think he'll make twenty-two. Okay, like
1: a three if, year if he 66, keeps performing like A three this. year if sixty-six he, million dollar contract we get it done for you for Teo.
0: I think he'll be pushing for five years. Uh um, three to five. But yeah. Okay.
1: Five. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I think that trading Teoscar Hernandez when he only has a few months left you're basically losing out uh, on the ability to capitalize on him in the off season. And would he want to resign here? I doubt it. I don't think he's going to want to resign with the marriage, especially after the rough start. He had, you know, kind of how the fans, he, he was not treated well by the fans at the beginning of this year. Yeah. And why, why would you want to come back here if that's the case? So I don't know. I mean, Tasker Hernandez sure is the easy answer. Do I think the marriage should trade him? Absolutely not. I think, you know, Colton Wong, obviously expiring contract, you could trade him. For a bucket of balls, maybe, but I don't know what yeah. else you're going to get for him. Relievers, I think, are the one spot. If the Mariners do decide to be sellers, that it could make sense to trade some guys. You could trade off a Justin Topa or a Gabe Spire because the Mariners have shown that they can develop, get these guys out of thin air. They can yeah. find another Justin Topa or Gabe Spire, no problem. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's the case, trade off some of these guys, get some pieces back here and there that can maybe help you over the next couple of years. Yeah, and then just retool for next year. And it's, it's easy to find relievers in the offseason. It's not hard. So you could always get some of the off season as well. And as for what Teoscar Hernandez means to the Mariners, Joe actually made a video about that earlier this week. Go ahead and check that one out. It's on the screen now. Appreciate you guys watching this one and go Mariners.